Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Tonight's episode is going to be called Big Boys Don't Cry. We have our guests on here, Wayne Ellis and Ash Timmons. And obviously, my name is Mitchell Lingard, and it's a pleasure to have you listening to us this evening. First of all, we'd like to touch on suppressing emotions and how it will make you sick. Wayne, if you'd like to touch on that quickly. Yeah, man, I think it's a pretty common thing in Australia. We were talking about this earlier. It's probably through wherever, wherever the, the British have been, it's a keep the stiff upper lip, don't cry, big boys don't cry, suck it up, you know, don't be a princess. And that that just screws people over. It just messes up their heads because they, they get angry and they take it inside. And you boys know this because you're actually in the physical the realm and you see what happens when people express um, express anger constructively their lives get better. We bottle this stuff up. We bottle this shit up. We don't cry because we're also busy trying to be men. But what you, and you guys can throw a bit in here. What does it actually mean to be a man? Yeah, I think it, I think it means to really deal with your emotions and, and talk about what's going on. We're so socially engineered these days to, um, for the men to be strong and for the men to be to take all the dramas and everything like that. And we can do that. We, we, we can take everything. We can, we can work. We can come home. We look after the family, all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, we still need to talk about what's going on, what's happening. And even if it's just a chat with your mate, uh, how you going, what's going on, how you been, uh, what's, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like just talking um, I, I recently have a, a mate of mine who's gone through a bit of stuff and I don't go there and sit there and talk to him about all the depression or anything that, that's going on, but I sit there and talk to him and how's your day going, what's happening and get him actually talking about something else and you can see from the start of the conversation to the end of the conversation, it's almost like he's a different person. Mm, that's a really good point that you're bringing up there, Ash. It's sort of like you're listening to him and he feels that he's being heard. So then he actually shifts his energy from being, like you said, depressed. It's like, cause he feels like he can actually express his emotions in, in somewhat of a sense. And then he has a shift. Yeah. Yeah, definitely mate. It's that's exactly what I, what I'm, what I'm talking about. It, he goes from thinking of all this stuff of, oh, I'm depressed. Uh, nothing's going right for me, all this sort of stuff. And, exactly what you touched on Mitch that someone someone's asking me someone's asking me how my day go, is going and someone's asking me what I'm doing and what how's work and all this sort of stuff so exactly right it, it shifts the energy from him taking everything on board to someone listening and, and someone caring about what, what's going on with his sort of life and mate at the end of the day you, you have a 15 you know in 10 15 minute conversation about that it can really change someone's day if not weak, if not life, you know what I mean? It, it just, it's a snowball effect and it's a ripple effect. And if he goes and talks to his mate about his day, it's just, you know what I mean? It's little things like that that gets the ball rolling. I want to throw something in there, boys. The big thing there is appreciation. We like to feel appreciated. And you take that time, someone feels appreciated, feel good about themselves. I wrote a story from a newspaper once. It's based on a true story. A guy had organized all his gear. He's going out to commit suicide. He'd made his, his mind. He was heading out. 
He walked down the street and somebody smiled at him. That was it. They simply smiled. That guy's still alive today. That was the turning point, just that, that connection. And when we get into this big boys don't cry, we get, we get bottled up and we hold back and we, we push away. We, we keep pushing people away because we're so caught in our own stuff. It's, it's a real me, me, me in there, but not necessarily meant as a bad thing, but it's, we get over-focused on ourselves and not on the bigger picture. There's something I want to throw in here, which is behind a lot of this too, is the six primary fears. Fear of death, fear of old age, fear of illness, fear of poverty, fear of loss of love, and fear of criticism. And they're quite, they're quite big and they're, they're in the background of a lot of this stuff too. And they're the things that make us, get us worked up and get us emotional, but then we can't cry because, you know, we, we're tough blokes. And, and it's amazing. Women, a lot of women expect their husbands to be tough as well. Like we always think that women want men to be soft and fluffy. And a lot of women are like that. You know, when men actually get like that, and I've seen this happen with guys, their wives turn on them or their partners turn on them because they've got their own stuff going on. So it's a, there's a whole aspect of stuff there where we, this whole social, social engineering you're talking about is we're not supposed to cry. Well, if we're not supposed to cry, how are we supposed to cope with our emotions? Throw it back to you guys. Yeah, that's exactly right, Wayne. And I just love that how you laid that out. Um, one of the really big things that I'd like to touch on now is if you don't express your emotions, where do they go? And it's not, you know, some people might get on the bottle and they might drink, you know, if they're working a job that they don't like for whatever reason, they come on, they've got shit going on. And how do they regulate their stress? They're not talking to the mate because, oh, remember, big boys don't cry and it's weak to share your emotions. They come home and they hit the bottle. You know, they might have a fight with the missus and then they repeat it over and over again, Groundhog Day. So what essentially what I'm saying is, how do you regulate stress if you don't know how to? And take, for example, if your parents uh, weren't very good at regulating stress, parents might be alcoholics, drug addicts, pharmaceutical or narcotic, doesn't matter. What if they didn't know how to regulate stress either? And if, say, perhaps your father, he might have turned to anger because he didn't know how to regulate stress neither. Okay, so it brings us to that really interesting topic. Where does stress go in the body if you're not regulating it? It gets stored in the cells. It actually gets physically stored in the cells via the hormones. So it's there. It's actually in your bodies. And that's why sometimes it's hard to get it out. And you're right about And you need to throw gambling in there and sex as well. Now, there's a whole bunch of addictions. And what addictions, really? They're where we're not. It's like Napoleon Hill says, have a clearly defined goal and a burning ambition for its achievement. Well, most people don't have that. They don't know what they want. And then they get angry because they don't know what they want. And they get depressed and frustrated because they're not expressing it. And they can't talk to anyone about it because they don't actually know what they want. So the first place to start is, what do you actually want? Mm. Do you reckon, um, Ash? Yeah, I'll jump in. And um, I've been working with Wayne for a number of years now. And his teachings himself is uh, you got a masculine side and then you got a feminine side and you really got to feed both those sides with um, society these days. You've got a strong man and he's just feeding his uh, masculine side. So um, you need, you need to have a good, you need to have a good balance of both 
really um, to like the balance of life. You've got to have a good balance of both. And what Mitch was saying is dead on too. How, how if you've got stuff going on, then how are you going to regulate it? Um, me, me, myself, I, I do boxing. Uh, Mitch does martial arts. Um, so we, we both have a sort of uh, similar place to get out all our stresses out. But yeah, most people don't. And they will come home and they will abuse drugs and they will abuse alcohol. And what that does, it turns into a snowball effect. And then next thing, they crash their car or they've got a, a tire flat or something like that. And it just keeps rolling on and keeps rolling on. And that's how we're getting to this topic where you jump into this depression and this cloudy headedness. Um, so I think there needs to be a system in place or just even a guideline where, all right, you're feeling like crap, let's do something. You, you got to look at, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things. Like, are you drinking water? But are you drinking the right water? What food are you eating? You know what I mean? You look at these depressed guys and half the time they're eating takeaway and McDonald's and all this sort of stuff. That's not helping the cause at all. They're, all right, let's go to how, how much water are you actually drinking a day? 600 mils it's not enough all right you go to how much sleep are you getting a night are you up playing games are you up doing this and all that sort of stuff you need good sleep as well so there's a whole factor of things that come into play when all this sort of stuff we're talking about but you need to give yourself a good chance at it you know what i mean everyone everyone gets in their depressed days we all do i even do you know what i mean but i know the ways now how to get myself out and how to start thinking all right i'm not feeling good I'm going to start putting my thoughts into, look at the sunshine. You know, and look, I get to drive my car. I had a good sleep last night. I drank water. I ate. I'm really grateful, back to what Wayne says, you know, in the, the appreciation test and all that sort of stuff. Um, what, what's your thoughts, Mitch, about it all? Yeah, I, I love everything you're saying, you know, about the self-regulation. Like, you know, you just touched on a couple of things there, like your water. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you up? late at night consuming, you know, Netflix or gaming or whatever it might be. You might be down the pub on the piss. You know, all these things, like you said, are going to snowball and they're going to take you to where you don't want to go. So like what Wayne said, if you've got a clear burning desire or a goal or some sort of a target that you're moving towards, you know, you're going to feel better about yourself. And an interesting thing uh, I read a while ago um, was... Most men, they make an oath to themselves. Let's take the um, typical New Year's resolution, for example. This New Year's, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop gambling, stop rooting around, whatever it is. And you get to, you know, March and you've fucked up big time, you know. You haven't, you haven't done any of it. With inside yourself, I speak from my own personal experience as a man, when I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it, something inside of me dies. A piece of me, I lose a piece of myself. and Because I, I made that oath to me. And if I'm not being real with who I am, well, then what have I got? Who am I and what am I? What do I stand for? Yeah? And the big thing with that, Mitch, is actually that's a great point, is people set these massive great goals but they're too big. Like from where yeah. they're at to where they want to be. It's like someone who's depressed or using destructive anger, wanting to be full of love and light. 
it's too big a call. So what you do is take lots of little steps and little steps and acknowledge and celebrate, celebrate the win. And then move to the next one and next one. Um, there's David Hawkins book, um, Power Versus Force, a map of consciousness is in there, starts at zero, goes to a thousand. That's a really good indicator, you know. Are you, you're down where you're nearly dead, in your apathy, or do you want to work your way up to being loved and appreciated and all those things? You can't jump, you know, you can't take big jumps. They're little steps. Sometimes the steps are a bit bigger. Sometimes you feel like you're going backwards. As long as you've got that vision, you're heading somewhere. And that's, um, that's the thing I think with big boys don't cry also is, are we willing to change? Mm. Are we actually really going to give up being strong and become powerful? Because they're completely different beasts. There's lots of, we know lots of strong men out there who appear and go home and belt the shit out of their wives. That's not strong. That's gutless. Uh, I think we all agree on that. Um, it's getting back into a place of power. Going, you know what, I'm, I'm big enough and I feel good enough about myself and I value myself enough that I, I can um, try. Mitch and I, we've talked about this, you know, it was recent for you. Mate, I was, I'm a bit older than you blokes and it was only about five years ago that I actually shed a real tear. I never knew what it was like. I thought I did, but I, I was bottled up and I had all this body arm and all this shit because, you know, I was taught by my hero dad, you know, who hit the booze and big boys don't cry. <laughs> it's in there, man. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, you know, I love my father. He's taught me a lot, but, you know, again, he doesn't know how to regulate his stress. He's a fair, he turns to anger immediately, you know, and I, like I take nothing away from the man. He, he has done the best what he could raising me to be a man because he's only passing on the knowledge that he's learned. And clearly his parents didn't know how to regulate stress neither so here's it for example i'll take my story for example growing up i wasn't allowed to cry don't cry you're a fucking girl don't cry don't let anyone see you cry and i can even say that i have told my son don't let anyone at school see you cry that is true and it has it does hold merit because obviously if you get seen to cry say in the schoolyard you'll be seen as an easy target but this is the thing that we're trying to get through to you when we're speaking about it now is that you may be able to keep facing the schoolyard while you're there, but it's okay to go and then go and have a, a cry to your mate. Like, you know, Ash was holding space for his mate and asking his mate about how he was feeling and, you know, making sure that his mate was feeling comfortable and safe to share. You know, I can guarantee you that Ash's friend felt comfortable enough to actually share that because he knew Ash wasn't going to go and shoot his mouth off to, you know, other people about him. So he felt comfortable. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like that's the whole point about big boys don't cry. There's a time and a place. Again, if you're in the schoolyard or you're at the pub or wherever your environment may be, you may not be able to cry or, or be show too much emotion there. But again, time and place. Would you agree guys? Yeah, definitely. Definitely time and place. That's exactly right. I'd like to just touch on one uh, the conversation before how Wayne was saying about little goals and that he's absolutely right. He's really, really right. Me and uh, me and Mitch did a did a seminar sort of program with uh, Keegan Smith, really, really top guy. 
Um, and he elaborated on your dailies, all right? And start small, right? three, three to five dailies, all right? And I really started on a whiteboard and I had 20. I had 20 dailies and I was finding I wasn't hitting them all. all right? I was just trying to be this big, I wanted all my dailies done, wake up at this time, do my bed, brush my, it was just crazy. All right, so we had a, we had a re, reassess and he said, mate, you got too many. So let, let's narrow it down. All right, let's get five that you know you're going to do every day. Got my five done. I ticked them off the board. All right, two weeks later, I put another two on, another three, ticked them off the board. Next thing I'm doing, 20 dailies, but it's a process. It's mm-hmm. like that picture where you see two people standing there. You got one with the ladders and he's got little slots. And then you got the other picture uh, on the other side with the ladders, but the slots are this big. Old mate's progressing every day, but the other guy, he's trying to reach up, but he can't, it's too, it's too much. So little dailies every day, little wins, um, it makes you feel good. makes you feel like, all right, I'm on the right track. I'm doing well. All right. What's next? Instead of going, oh, no, I didn't hit him this day. You go into that snowball effect like we're talking about and you just stop, stop hitting them. The next thing I'd like to talk. Yeah. Definitely. Just to touch on that real quick, like with what you're saying, like take small daily steps um, moving forward. Like don't try and take these huge quantum leaps straight away. It's like the slight edge effect. So you've got to do a little bit every day. Even like, you know, the most successful people in the world, however you want to define success, they don't do things in huge amounts. They just over time do small little executions daily that then sets you up for the win not doing the one big thing yeah ash yeah exactly right mate and it's also i like to say this one as well what's 365 times zero zero but what's 365 times 0.1 you know what i mean it's just the little tiny steps at the end of the day and you get there i'd like to touch on another thing what wayne was saying too about how we're supposed to be all these men and we're supposed to be strong. We all do it, us three ourselves. How good is it when we, when we see each other, we give each other a big hug. Yeah. We give it, we give a massive yeah. hug and, and, and we hang on. And honestly, it feels so good after that hug. Um, you, you feel safe. You feel secure. It's one of your best mates. Um, you just, you just feel like you could, if there is something going on that you can talk to them about that. What do you think? Well, that's good, yeah, that's the great thing about like you guys are clients, but you also become really good mates. And I always expect that if you guys haven't shit, straight on the phone. You know, I've talked to you and I've talked to Mitch sometimes, and we just we talk shit through, and we call each yeah. other on the bullshit. That's the really great thing about the three of us is we call each other on bullshit. Yeah, I, I think you'd all agree with that. Absolutely. Not in a negative like you dickhead, just going, mate. That ain't working. You know it ain't working. What's a better way? Or the big one is, mate, you're so much better than that. Yeah, because we, like, ultimately, we all want each other to grow, you know, and we're constantly growing. I mean, fucking hell, this week I've cried twice. I did a post last week. I was saying, you know what? It was about about crying and, and being a man and you're allowed to cry and that sort of thing. And, fuck, I hadn't had a tear prior. Jeez, twice this week I cried now. It's like, I like, it's like I've been granted permission or something. 
<laughs> and I'll throw one in there as well. I'm I'm really big on not hurting kids. That's it's, that's my Achilles heel. If someone hurts a kid, I, I could hurt them. I was driving along one day and I was listening to this audio about what people were doing to kids, mate. I had to pull over because I was bawling my eyes out that someone could hurt kids that much. So, you know, we all got different things that trigger us. But that wasn't because I was weak. It's because I actually care so much. How do you guys? Yeah, that's, um, and that's the biggest thing. Like I said, we, we go back to the social engineering. We, we can keep talking about it, but at the, at the end of the day, we just... It, it's sometimes it's not okay to be okay. And you got to ask your mate, like, like you said, Wayne, we call each other on our bullshit. All right. We know when we're not okay. And if you ask your mate and, and you can see that he's not okay, call him out. Go, mate, what's going on? All right. Ask him, keep asking him, mate, what's happening? How are you? How are you feeling, mate? What's happening? Eventually, He's gonna come out and go. Oh well, this happened, or and then that's that's what it's about. It's about being that being that friend and grabbing your mate and go, grabbing him on the shoulder and going, "What's happening?" All right. It's not gonna. Sometimes, like you said, it's not gonna be the the first or second time. But staying around and being in his presence and 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 making him feel like it's all good to talk. That that's what it's about. It's. I'm not a big believer on let's go grab a beer and. And, and talk about stuff because you're at a bar. You know what I mean? It, there's this big scene, if you will, around bars and, and boys and drinking, all that sort of stuff. Go, go take your mate for a walk or go kick the footy with him or something like that. I was, I was down in the field this afternoon and um, I was running the field and I saw this little kid and he's kicking the ball by himself. And I just said, yep, let's, ha let's have a kick. And, we were probably kicked there for about 20, 30 minutes. And it was just fun. And he really enjoyed it. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I got my work out. Um, and it's just little things like that. You know what I mean? Like, like a ripple effect. If you can help someone, help them, and they will return the favour and keep it on, keep going on. I can actually add to that. I was sharing a house with four guys once. And one of the guys came home and he busted up with his girlfriend. The other two went, grab the whiskey and grab, and they're all going to get get smashed. And I went, no, mate, you're not doing this bullshit. Yeah. I actually pulled him aside, stopped him from doing it. And it did actually come back because he gave me some financial advice, which one trade made me $17,000. I didn't do it for the money. I did it because I knew the booze was not the answer. Now, it was yeah. building back up. It was going, hey, mate, you're better than this. Yeah, it's like um, back to that, you know, big boys don't cry, regulating stress. You know, a couple of things had happened this week and I thought to myself, wow, I could actually, I felt for other people through my own emotion because I was like, I've got so much shit going on right now. I'm going to go and do some breathing. I'm going to take a walk on the grass, barefoot. I'm going to walk the dog. I'm just going to breathe in and just try and find things that are out there in the world that I can be grateful for. You know, the fact that I'm walking to where I want to go. The fact that, you know, I, I, I don't have to wake up in my own shit or my own piss, you know, that's immediate gratitude. Some people go, what's gratitude? I'd take it straight there because, you know, I'm grateful I didn't wake up with a wet bed this morning, you know? So my point is I've really felt the other day for people that don't know how to regulate stress because the first thing that if something goes wrong, someone's going to turn to the grog. 
you know, or they're going to turn to drugs because they just don't know how to regulate. And, you know, the other day I was like, oh, yeah, the old me would have just got wasted based on something that had occurred. But then I thought, fuck, I'm so past that now. But it didn't happen overnight. And it was interesting enough, today we're on a, a call on the Elite Money Club and there was a guy on there, he's a builder, and he was talking about, you know, for me, I go to, he's, you know, a real Aussie guy, and he said, you know, I go to work, I fucking work hard, come home, have a couple of coldies and a few cigarettes. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, sounds like my father and like what I once was. And he said, what am I meant to do? I'm trying to break away from, you know, I go to the pub on the weekend, hang out with these certain people. I'm trying to break away from, you know, I'm going to be alone, aren't I? And I said, and I just jumped in and I said, mate, yeah, you are going to be alone if that's what you decide not to do. At that point, I said, you need to get a burning desire and go after it. Because guess what? When you cut all of the shit people out of your life, not saying that the people at the pub are shit, okay? Don't, don't go there for a couple of weeks. See if any of them contact you first. When you cut all the shit people out of your life, the right people will just walk straight into your life. There'll be a small little um, gap of time there where you will be alone. That's when you find out who you truly are as a person and what you do want. Then the right people will walk into your life and they stay and they bloody stay for good. Like these two legends on the call here, you know, <laughs> they've just walked into my life and they've been there ever since. I, it's interesting. I went for a paddle this afternoon. And because I really love paddling and I was just sort of hanging out there, sitting there. And I did a video because I've been doing a few lately. And I, people just, it's interesting. Some people comment, but I'm going to be out somewhere in the next couple of weeks. Someone's going to go up and say, mate, I really appreciate what you did by doing that. Because all I do is put up photos and stuff and people come up to me, mate, I needed that. And mm. it's, it's about getting beyond me, me, me and going, let's start talking about we. Now, there's no self-made millionaire. There's no self-made person on this planet. And a simple example of that is they didn't make the oxygen that kept them alive. They didn't make the food that kept them alive. We're all codependent on something else. And Napoleon Hill talked about it a lot. You've got to have a mastermind. You've got to have a team. That's what we've created over time is a mastermind where we all throw ideas. We've got a core set of values that we work off and we keep working with those. And that's like the guy in the pub. He's got to get a new set of values. And whether you'll do it. And most people, I'm always suspicious. I can be a bit of a suspicious bastard. I always watch these people that are surrounded by lots of other people. And I watch the person who can stand out on their own. And I usually go and talk to the person on their own because they're going to be much more interesting because they can actually work shit out for themselves. Mm. Over to you guys. Yeah, that goes, that goes to um, the CDs that, that we listen to, Wayne, with um, what's your willingness to accept change? And it goes back to, I did it myself. Um, I moved away from the area I grew up in, uh, moved towards the city and moved towards uh, my boxing gym. And ever since I did that, changed the people around my life. Not that they were bad people, but some of them don't want to see you grow. That's exactly like Mitch said of the people in the pub. They want you there to drink with them. But you tell them about this, uh, self-development course you're going on or something along those lines they're not going to be 
your, your number one supporters. And, and it's sad, but, but it's the truth. I want to you, need, you need people. You need people that that are going to bring you up. Yeah, that you look at them. What um, Ash as you want engines driving you forward. You don't want anchors slowing you down. So it's the old yeah. engines or anchors sort of philosophy. You know, you want yeah, someone well, who's going to back you. You know, and be behind you and 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 go. You know what, Ash? I fucking really think that's an awesome thing that you're doing. Good on you, mate. You know, and. You don't want, you know, you want people like that. You don't want the ones going, oh, that'd never work out. Mate, you shouldn't do that, you know. They're the ones that don't want you to do better, you know. And, mate, I believe there is – sorry, you go, Wayne. No, go, mate. Go, mate. I said go. I believe there's more anchors in the world than there is engines, unfortunately. There's a lot of people use engines as anchors. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, throw, I want to throw something in there. Um you boys know it because you're both in the physical uh, education area, training and stuff. People come along and they'll do all the physical work and they'll go to the gym and they'll do all the pretty stuff, but they will not go anywhere near changing their emotions or their beliefs. It's like it's black magic or something. Sure. Nothing changes until you do the emotional mental work. Now, that's the stuff that's going to change things. Hey, Mitch, can you throw in the above and below line? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, uh, a guy called Lyndon Holzheimer, he's got Fend Movement, Full Energy, No Drugs. He held a uh, like a bit of a talk on a real movement intensive at uh, Exalto Holistic Hub, Sunshine Coast, um, owned by Jordan Potts. So Lyndon uh, got the whiteboard out and what he did was, I'll actually do it right now. Give me two seconds. So here we've got a line. Yep. Now we've got above the line and below the line. Now those that have vision are above the line. Is that better? Or is it backwards? No, that looks all right. It's small, but keep going. Yep. Those that live below the line, they play the victim. Okay. Now, if you want to live above the line, you want things to change in your life. Okay. You would have to take and hold yourself fully begins with an A, accountable for your actions, okay? So if you're living above the line and you want to have vision, you're going to hold yourself accountable. Now, you're also going to have to take complete and utter ownership of everything in your fucking life, okay? Now, you're also going to have to take complete and other responsibility. So you're going to have to be responsible. And then I'll be the first to say that I have not been responsible at best of times. Okay. <laughs> so moving forward. So we've got above the line, holding yourself accountable, taking full ownership 
and being responsible. The two key words in there are able, A-B-L-E and able. Okay. Now, below the line, if you're living below the line, you're living in, begins with a D, denial. Which is not a river in Egypt. <laughs> yes. It's not a river in Egypt. You're living in denial. Okay. You are also blaming others, playing the blame game. It's your fault. It's not my fault. It's always your fault. You know, it reminds me of myself when, in one of my first relationships. I blame the other person all the time. Right. And also, you're going to make excuses. So, if you're living below the line, you're living in denial, you're not living your truth, you're blaming everybody else. Oh, that I, I'm not doing that because of this and that happened. This is why, you know, you can take COVID-19 as a major excuse while people are choosing to stay in their fucked up situation and making excuses, of course. Okay, so if you're living below the line, you're making those things there. But if you want to take and you're willing to live above the line, you'll, you'll hold yourself accountable for everything in your life. You take full ownership and you hold yourself responsible for absolutely everything that's going on in your life. I just okay. want to jump in there and talk, add some to that. When we're talking about um, David Hawkins' map of consciousness, that line that you're talking about is actually 200. Yeah, that book. And yeah, that one. the tipping point for humanity is 200, which is courage. It's going to take courage to do all those things. And then when you get up to his point of 310, that's willingness. So those three points that we're talking about get you to the bigger level, willingness, when, you, when your life really changes. So when you put those two bits of information together, it's quite profound. Mm. Ash? I'd like, to, I'd, like, yeah, I'd like to add something on that. That was a really good um, diagram, Mitch. Thank, thank you for that. It, it goes back to above the line, so accountability, all that sort of stuff comes back to what we've been talking about. If you have goals, if you have a burning desire, if you have a burning desire, you're going to make more decisions towards that burning desire. You're not going to go, oh, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go on the drink. I'm going to go here and hang out with these people. You, you, you're level-headed. Like, like Mitch is uh, above the line, below the line um, diagram there. So you really, you're aiming for something, you know what I mean? So it's really, really good. Oh, I reckon that's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a winner there, Mitch. Yeah, again, it's just something that I, I was shown. And I, I think, you know, if I had been shown that earlier in my life, I wouldn't have made as many fucked up mistakes because I would have had this sort of a, a basic diagram, as you put it, uh, template of, oh, okay. So if something happens, right, for example... Um, be it anything like, say I, I, I swerve and cut somebody off, okay? Road rage. Let's take that for example. Um, you know, the guy's up behind me, he's tooting the horn, you know. I start yelling out the window. You know, next minute we've pulled over and we're about to get in a fight. For what? Yeah. In the moment, I could have went, oh, shit, mate, sorry, I did cut you off. You know, I could have taken complete ownership and being responsible, you know, and people just aren't willing to do that because of their 
pride or your ego or whatever it is, you know, and I'm fucking guilty of that, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like not the road rage incident itself, but I mean, you know, if I fuck up, it's taken me heartbreaking lessons to learn. If I fuck up now, I'm just going to own it because I'm, I'm living in denial otherwise. You know, I, I'm, I'm not being true to who I am. I'm talking shit. If I fucked up, it's my fault. It's nobody else's fault. The minute that you can come to terms of that, you will get amazing shifts in your life. I can tell you, a majority of the world's problems would go away if people held themselves responsible, were accountable for what they do say and be, and held themselves bloody responsible. I can add to that. I can share personal experience. My, up until about 28, my life was an absolute train wreck of relationships. It was, it was a disaster. And then something I was in a long, a longer term relationship and it fell over. And I got really sick, nearly died. But I did some soul searching in the process of that. And I started looking. And some people are going to laugh at this, but I looked and went, there's all these relationships. must have been a problem there. And one day I had this flash of brilliance. I was in all those relationships. Then I had an even bigger flash of resistance, um, recognition. Maybe it was something to do with me. And that was huge. And when I actually looked at that and went, oh, and took ownership of it, I realized there's three types of women in my life. There were my mates, my playmates, and my soulmates. As long as I kept the rules clean and everyone knew where we stood, my life worked well. And I went from having messed up relationships that you know, two, two weeks was a long relationship, um, to having a 13-year relationship because I took responsibility for the fact that I was messing up because I was trying to get unfulfilled emotional needs because, you know, big boys don't cry, so we bottle this nonsense up. I was trying to get needs met through somebody else. doesn't work that way. Mm. Got to do it ourselves. You know, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Yeah, very good point there, Rain. That, that's, that nails it on the head. So I want to... Ask you two a question. Where, where do we go from here? Say we have a mate or, or, or something like that. Where, where do we go? What, what do we do for this? Big boys don't cry. Is, is, there, a, um, is, is there a method that we can do? Is, like, what, what do you think? We're already doing it, mate. I think we, the three of us have done enough emotional work to know. And you know, we're intuitive enough. We know when someone's not dealing. And you just got, we've got to get out of our heads and, you know, it sounds woo-woo, but get into our hearts, get back into your intuition, get into that sixth sense and go, something's not right here. And have the, have the intelligence to follow through on it. And then just, because when you're in that space, you always find the right thing to say. You know, I was working with a girl one day, I walked into the house, walked and here's a suicide note. And then I'll be honest, I didn't think, expect to see her alive the next day. So we just talked and talked and talked. And at one stage, I knew we were making progress because I turned around and said, oh, get over yourself, princess. Now, it wasn't a throwaway line. It was very calculated the way I said it. But when I said that, I knew she was going to be okay. I still had my doubts when I left. But I just found the right things to say. And just like you did, I just listened and we just chatted and didn't judge her. She wanted to commit suicide. That's her choice. And I'm not going to judge someone for wanting to get off this planet. It's crazy. Mm. What, with what you're asking, Ash, are you asking like, I think I see what you're asking. You're asking like, so if you're a bloke and you're like, don't know where to look or turn or, 
what do you do? What's the process like moving forward if you want to make change? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, so Mitch, right? You're going through, let's say, you're going through a bit of stuff. You're going through a bit of family stuff, whatever it is, all right? What are the processes you do to better it, to, to, to go from a, a negative side to a positive side? What would you, what would you give the, the average Joe? Run, run me through it. Run me through what would you do? Okay, yeah. All right, I've got an idea. I guess if I didn't really know who to talk to, which I'm grateful I got you two guys always as a good backstop I can turn to. I'd think who is someone in my life that I admire? Who's someone that doesn't do fucked up things that I respect? Who's someone that I know that, you know, holds himself accountable, that takes ownership and is responsible? Who's that person in your life? It might be an uncle, a grandfather. It might be, you know, a, a foreman at work. It could be, oh, who knows? But you've got to think about who that particular person is and how they, you know, and, and think, cast your mind back to how you might have felt one time when you, you've had a conversation with them and you could, you could really feel the authenticity within them. And that's when you sort of go, oh, okay, maybe I can go and chat to that person. You know, I think that might be a good place to start. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it, you, they've got to get a passion. They've got to find something that works for them. So sometimes it's, well, we're lucky because we've all listened to that Your Wish Is Your Command by KT. Yeah, that could be a good place for someone. Give them something to listen to. Give them a book. You know, I, I've had a bit of a run lately with working with alcoholics and I am not, not been very successful. You know, they, they leave here and they're in a high and they feel brilliant. But then they sink in. Even when you check in on them, you know, I've had people go, "Look, mate, I'm just." And you guys know, I'm always on the end of the phone call. On the phone, on the end of the phone, you just have to give me a call. Some people just are not going to change. They're just totally unwilling. This comes down to willingness, unwillingness. Firstly, are they willing to change? Because you know, we've all put in time with people, and they've all gone backwards because they won't change. Yeah, I, I can. I can honestly. I can and I can speak for people that are have got addictions and that I, I once was a drug addict, and I it, it took me to hit complete rock bottom before I actually got the willingness to want to do something different with my life and the willingness to change. A lot of people that are still surviving, they're still floating, they're still treading water. You might put it, and that's why they they just can't seem to quit where they're at within their life. You know, uh, I mean, personally, that's what happened to me. I was, uh, you know, I was looking down the, the, the barrel of a gun. I was going to blow my head off. And in that instance, you know, I seen my son in my head playing, you know, kicking a soccer ball. And I thought, fuck, that just seems so real. And, I, you know, I literally had a gun under my chin. I was going to blow my brains out, bad drug addiction, 22 years old. And I tried to shoo the idea of him away in my head and get back to the job and then he came back into my head again on a swing like this back and forward and then fucking hell I just my heart sank and I thought wow from that pivotal moment I decided that I wanted to be a positive male role model not only in my son's life but in others lives and it had to start within myself and my son you know so it took it takes rock bottom to get people to change also, there's a, a mate of mine, his son has just been, you know, 
in and out of rehab and he's been on ice for quite some time. And I've watched him sort of go down and he went to jail and he come out and he was all clean and everything. But see, he doesn't know how to regulate his stress again. He has no idea how to regulate his stress. He's had trauma from being a child and he just doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. So what does he do? He goes back to masking his emotions with drugs and alcohol and everything else like that. And then the snowball effect happens all over again. And now he's, you know, I can see he's got track marks in his arm and he's, he's been a junkie now, you know, he just doesn't, again, he still hasn't hit rock bottom because his father keeps rescuing him out of the shit place that he's in. His father keeps caring and loving for him. It's all right. You can stay here. You'll work it out. He hasn't hit rock bottom yet. As far as I'm concerned, because he keeps getting rescued. You know, you can't rescue people that that um, that don't want to change. It's going to take rock bottom for him to change. That's 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 the God honest truth. There's an interesting thing about rescuing as well. It's transactional analysis. There's a rescuer, the victim, and the persecutor. And what will happen is sometimes a person will play the victim to get someone to rescue them. It's a manipulation. And sometimes rescuers will intimidate people to make them victims so they can rescue them. There's a lot of power plays. I call them sometimes um, covert bullies. Now, these people that play the victim, and, and there's genuine people out there who are, are victims. People, some people have learned how to manipulate it and use it. And, mate, they are so good at just getting things their own way by playing the victim. So mm -hmm. that's something we've got to be careful as well. Which comes down to they have to be willing to change, which comes back to bad, big boys don't cry. We have to be willing to change. We have to be able to go on our own. Guys, we probably should start wrapping it up. Too. Yeah, we should wrap it up. Definitely. <laughs> um, good chat. Thanks for listening. This is uh, Mitch Lingard, Wayne Ellis, and Ash Timmons. Um, if you enjoyed this, comment on this, share this, share it with somebody that you think would uh, really take something home for it. Gentlemen, thank you again for your time. Always a pleasure.